0: Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Connell, Danny Back
1: to throw for Indiana, back to Texas,
0: tight end and Rajah Bell. Bell has Twenty-two for Rajah. It's all the future of football right before
2: your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me.
0: Welcome to Off the Bench, Danny Canal, Rajah Bell, hanging out with you on a Wednesday. Uh, NFL, week one is in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the main storylines that came out of there, we started looking for trends like what's going on, how are these teams going to do. There's definitely overreaction Monday, Tuesday, sure. to teams' performances in week one. But there was a theme that was sort of surprising, especially if you're a team that hired a new coach expecting a turnaround season. New head coaches started off 0-7 oh, in week one. You did not have one team that hired <laughs> a new coach, have any sort of optimism that lasted. Because that's what it's all about. The offseason, you sell optimism, the right. hope. Every team feels like they have a chance. Some of them still do, obviously. Why would you, you know, there's still going to be hope there. But of this list, you had some pretty ugly losses. You yeah. lost by an average of 11.9 uh, points per game. You had like a Matt Nagy. I thought he got too conservative in the second half versus the Packers. Cost them a game. Granted, Aaron Rodgers was a spectacular performance. You had Mike Vrabel dealing with maybe a Marcus Mariota injury. Uh, that could be some concern You had Steve Wilks, you know, the p- offense looked brutal. Shermer at home loses against the Jags. All of these, I don't know. It's way too early to push the panic button just yet, but I think there are some causes for concern with some of them.
2: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna pump the brakes on a few of them, right? Like, I, I, I don't believe that Pat Shermer, like, you're playing the Jags. Right. Jags have a great defense. Like, that, that's okay. You've, you've I mean, got you got some. Were in that game yeah, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You got some weapons there. I'm gonna say the same for Matt, was mm-hmm. no, it Nagy or Nagy? Nagy? Nagy, yeah. Uh, look, um. Some people say Nagy, but I Nagy? think it's Nagy.
0: He was my teammate in the Dragons. I you the should NBA. know that. I should know that. Some people um, Nagy.
2: But you're in a game, Aaron Rodgers has maybe the game of his life playing on one leg. I'm gonna, I'm, like, those I'm not really concerned about. Mike Vrabel and the Titans, um, just because I consider Marcus Mariota a upper tier quarterback, I know a lot of people might not, but I think when you're looking at situations for head coaches to be successful, you want like solidified like pros, guys that you know can get the work done. And I consider Marcus Mariota that. They look disjointed. Granted, it was a disjointed game. It was like an eight hour long game. Yeah. He was injured, but it just didn't look like it was flowing very smoothly. Um, and then the last one, Steve Wilkes. I guess the jury's out, but they were going to be a mess anyway. Like when you go, when you go out and you're drafting quarterbacks with the, with your number one picks, like you, right. you've got issues. You have to consider the season that you're, that you're about to embark on as somewhat of a rebuild mode. So I, I give, I don't, I'm not going to hit the alarm or the panic. Nobody should after early. one game. Right.
0: Nobody should. No fan base should. There is one that is and it's the Detroit Lions. I mean, this has been a bad. That was ugly. Uh, Matt Patricia comes in a, Bill Belichick, coaching tree guy. Which, if you go back and look historically, it's at his coaching tree. It's not very impressive. You right. Got Eric Mangini. Um, you've got a whole list of coaches who have just had really poor. Uh, Josh McDaniels was a disaster in Denver. Yeah. Um, you know Nick Saban N- most really successful was like As-
2: Romeo Cornell NFL I mean, wise, right? Way under 500. Right. Correct.
0: It was pretty brutal. Um, you know Saban had a lot of success in college, but he wasn't that good in the pros with the Dolphins. But here's the thing I think that's interesting.
2: That picture's interesting. Yeah,
0: it actually makes him look better than he does in the sideline because his beard is way bushier now. Oh, my God. It's in the photo of, like, his bio shot. But to lose to the Jets at home is about as bad a look as you can have. The Jets, and now granted, the Jets might be good this year. Maybe Sam Donald is a savior, and maybe they are. their defense looked legit. But you had Matthew Stafford throw four interceptions. He gets crushed throughout the night. They've talked all off-season about – running the football, being more balanced. You get Patricia, who's supposed to be a defensive-minded coach. And granted, there were two touchdowns, was a pick six and a punt return. But still, to give up that many points and you're supposed to be this defensive guru, it's a horrible look. More importantly, here's where I think you have a problem, especially if you have a Bill Belichick disciple. So Mike uh, Garofalo of the NFL Network revealed that some veteran players within that locker room were not happy with a couple things from Matt Patricia through tra- training camp said, A, he worked them too hard during mm-hmm. camp, and B, they were not happy with some of the team rules that were implemented. Now, I was trying to look for some of the team rules. It's hard to find them, what they are. Are they corny? Are they like the Tom Coughlin you got? If it's, if you're not five minutes early, or late. Like some of those, is it no hats inside of played on right. teams where there are some kind of old-school guys, and they come in, and they really try to set this discipline. We're going to be a different culture. And it can backfire you in a hurry. And if players were already grumbling – and then you go out and lose the game like that, I worry if there's a snowball effect and all of a sudden it could totally fall apart.
2: Yeah, that it's a tough situation when you have a team, the Lions, what was their record last year? I, I Not, They were
0: good. They right. were 9-7 last so year. So you
2: don't have a bottom-of-the-pack team that's just, like, fiending for a new voice and fiending for some direction. This is a team that's experienced some modicum of success, right? right. And so, like, I liken it kind of to, like, it's not the same, but in the same categories, my son's teams and, and Mike D'Antoni decided to, to go on and take a job with, with the New York Knicks. Um, and Terry Porter came in and got the job and we kind of had our way of doing things and Terry came in and like, you know, like any coach or any person, you're going to have your own way of doing things, your own rules. Like, you know, we had plays that we called certain things and it was the exact same play, but he wanted to, you know, use his kind of nomenclature for him. And it, it kind of got under my skin a little bit. And I know, you know, for sharing, you know, experiences in cold tubs with dudes like everybody yeah. was a little bit rubbed the wrong way. And so you run the risk of that when you bring in a guy who may be a little heavy handed, um, coming from the Bill Belichick school at of- School of, uh, of coaching. When you bring a guy into a situation like this and there isn't a huge turnover on your roster. So you've got all of these guys that have played on a nine and six team. They're used to doing things their way. They see it as maybe just needing a little bit of a getting over the hump from their coach, not a complete culture change. Uh, you run the risk of having that when you bring in a guy and he's trying to affect change immediately.
0: Under like Jim Caldwell, they were 11 and five, seven and nine, and then back to back nine and seven seasons. You talk about getting over the hump. Here's the thing. If you fire Jim Caldwell, you better make Dang sure you got something better. And all of a sudden it looks like uh oh. That's why I think there is panic mode. The thing too about the Bill Belichick Disciples is you absolutely have a culture of New England that's tough. Yeah. It's not a lot of fun. You hear guys that play there that leave and say, Oh, it's miserable, but you win. You, you So if you sign with the Patriots, you know exactly what you're getting into. Sure. If you're drafted by them, you know exactly what you're getting into. And you fall in line because there are some vets in that locker room, Tom Brady specifically, one of the greatest of all time, that are preaching this, this works, you're going to fall They're in line. They're driving that so culture, right. Everybody respects that. If you all of a sudden come in and you shake it up and it's a team that has not had success and you're changing it up and you have all these strict rules, guys are going to be turned off in a hurry. Um, I think it's one thing. And the, the good coaches, like Coughlin – When he was with the Giants, players hated him early. He realized it. He realized it wasn't getting the best out of his talent. Right. Changed it. You know, takes him to the Super Bowl. So you have to be willing to adjust if you're going to, you know, have this hard line approach.
2: Coaches, like, fans typically think that the players have the biggest egos, and rightfully so. The players have big egos. Mm -hmm. But don't get it twisted. Coaches have massive egos. Oh, huge. And a guy like Matt Patricia, let's be frank, you've done nothing yet. Like, Bill Belichick has done something. You, you've you helped with that. But that's been Bill Belichick's culture. He's won. He's succeeded. So when you walk into a new room, you know, it's a delicate balance. Humble yourself a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, sure. yeah, you're the head guy, and you've got to do things your way. That's why you were hired to do them. But you don't have a resume yet. A lot of the guys that you're walking in and preaching to, they have resumes. Like they have one as a professional in their job. The lead guy as a quarterback, the lead running back, the lead offensive tackle. You have not yet. So like again, when you're walking into locker rooms like that and you're just preaching this new new school like, you know, mentality, well, a Bill Belichick mentality. Guys are looking at you like, "Okay, bro, like let's give this a ride. But right. if it don't
0: work, it's on you." I've always wondered like the the job that you take over when you're the guy I actually do think the best approach is to come in with the the rough like tough I'm going to s- change this tone and then back off. So right. if that if, he, if Patricia does that, I think he can still be successful as opposed to you come in, you're loose, you let guys it's really hard to get that back. So you're, I actually like if he can do it.
2: You have a small you have a small window when you take small. anything over to affect change. Yep. Right. And if you miss that window, whether it's a couple weeks or whatnot, you don't, you don't get that back. So I agree with you. When yeah. you want to affect some change, if something needs to culturally shift, you have to do that immediately and start laying, planting the seeds immediately.
0: So you got teams with first year head coaches, a little bit of panic mode. And I'm, look, I'm, we're trying not to overreact to what we've seen, but I think there are some teams that you look at and are like, all right, it's very early a season. You could see it trending one way or another. The Seattle Seahawks, possibly one of those teams. It, they're trying to change the culture. They're not even changed the culture. They're trying to get younger mm-hmm. and trying to re, they're trying to do exactly what they did with Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett, when nobody knew who they were. They're right. trying to get younger and develop from within. They obviously have some of those pieces, Earl Thomas on the defensive side of the ball. And before when they won the Super Bowl and went to another one, they hadn't paid their quarterback all the money that they have in Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson goes out. It's a pretty, pretty decent day. Three touchdowns, two interceptions. They come up short in a game on the road in Denver. They lose Doug Baldwin for a couple weeks, might have a, a grade two MCL tear. Russell Wilson was one in, running for his life. He had yeah. six sacks. They can't continue that model because as good as Russell Wilson is, you can't he can't be scrambling for his life the entire game throughout the season and expect to have success. And I thought the Seahawks team could do it because Russell Wilson is that good. Right. But I watched them play, I'm like, they gotta get him some help.
2: I would think that the law averages catches up to you at some point. So the amount of offense that Russell Wilson accounted for for the Seahawks last year was like it was absurd. It was it was asinine. So to think that he's going to be able to do that again um, is unrealistic in my opinion. And what I especially didn't like about this situation was, you know, when asked about it, you have Pete Carroll kind of like. In one breath, defending him, but in the other breath, like squarely throwing Russell Wilson under the bus. And although I am the quarterback and the CEO, and a lot of things like fall on my shoulders, I mean, you're asking me to run around like scrambling for my life on every snap, and and pull magic out of a hat, and it just doesn't work like that in any sport at any level. Like you have to have other pieces complementary to what you do for you to be successful. And I just think that's a lot. Yes, you paid him a lot of money, but I don't know of another situation like in the NFL, like real talk, another situation in the NFL where they ask a quarterback, and I know Brady does everything for the Pats and so on and so forth. But they protect Brady, and they call plays that protect Brady. The same with Aaron Rodgers. Like You saw him get hurt the other night, and we talked about it the other day. They went to a quick passing game to make sure that that leg was protected, get the ball out of his hands. It, I watched the Seahawks play, and it's like playing sandlot football. Like, just right. run around and then make something happen. That's not Some there. of
0: it, I think, watching Russell Wilson play, I think he does hang out of the ball too long sometimes mm-hmm. because he has so much confidence in his escapability. At some point, can you be conditioned to do that as well? Like, as well, he's he's gotten away with it and right. had so much success. But there is a fine line because you've got to realize there are ways you can protect your offensive line. There are times when it's okay to throw it away, right. and but he's still, I I can't relate to that because I couldn't run at all. Right? Like if I could have, I probably would have been trying to extend plays too. But there's a fine line when it's okay to throw it away when it's okay to try to you know take a shot in the first read as opposed to finding the touchdown. Maybe it's okay yeah. to take a shorter pass so you kind of take some of that load off the offense. You
2: can break that down better than me because I don't I can't see it through the quarterback lens like that. But I mean I guess my my thing would be if if you're looking at your first read and it's never open.
0: Yeah, right? right? No, but I mean like right. if you got receivers as like a play caller you can design plays that have more short patterns yeah. open early. And if they're not open then you're in trouble. Then you have bigger issues. But it'll be something to keep an eye on the other thing I'm keeping an eye on is the Dallas Cowboys. I, some people, it, some people, I don't, I don't even know if anybody picked them to win the NFC East because of the Eagles supremacy there. I picked the Giants to do it. Don't feel so good about that. But the Cowboys, Dak Prescott has, love him. Mm-hmm. Great leadership skills. Um, I think he has all those intangibles, but we've definitely seen a regression from his rookie year to his second year. And now you're creeping in his third year. And he had an excuse last year because Ezekiel was right. out for an extended period of time obviously defenses are gonna start adjusting what they do when they're facing Dak Prescott. My big concern about for him was could he become a true like top fifteen, top ten franchise quarterback where you can just hey and like it's hard it's hard to set the the bar of you've got to be able to do what Aaron Rodgers did the other night, but you have to have a guy who can bring you from behind in the fourth quarter and he can't do it with his legs. Like you right. gotta be able to put a team on his back and do it through the air. That's always been my concern for him. You saw his completion percentage drop off without Dak or without Ezekiel Elliott. And really, without a run game, you've seen him exposed as a pure passer. And I have huge concerns from him because he still hasn't been paid yet. Right. And the Cowboys need to make a decision on him for the future after the season. And if the start they have is any indication of what you're getting for uh, moving forward, there should be a cause for concern.
2: Um, yeah, I think there should be some cause for concern. I was never really. I wasn't anti-DAC, but I was like jury's still out on DAC, and I needed to accumulate more data. As, as the data comes in, um, and you get more of a sample size, uh, there is cause for concern. But I am of the school of thought, and I'm the same way about the NBA. Right? The NBA hands out max money. He's a max guy. He's a max guy. There are only three or four max guys.
0: Right, are, like, really they really deserve they, it. There are
2: only three or four guys in the NBA. You could get five or six. You get a ball to and say, "Hey, win me a game." Right, like I, we're not calling any plays. They're going to double team you, and you still got to win me a game. That's a max guy. Yeah, the rest of those fools aren't max. Like right. they just wind up getting max. I feel that
0: way about quarterbacks. Right, there are only a couple guys. The elite. You got Breeze, Rogers, Brady and Roth. Correct. They're That's only about a, it. They're only maybe Russell's approaching, Russell Wilson's approaching that territory where you can
2: saddle him up. Here yeah. boy, it's on your back. Go win this this game for me. And so when you talk about like franchise quarterbacks, they're tiered, right? So Absolutely. he's clearly not that franchise quarterback. And then, you know, he's not one of the guys that You'd be necessarily every year looking for a new quarterback. Right. Um, he's, he's somewhere in the middle where he's kind of like, you have to put
0: players around him. Right. He needs to have. Which is a lot of quarterbacks. Quarterback. That's not really a knock on somebody. No, no, say no, no, that. no. And if you can, you can win Super Bowls. Like Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl because they had an incredible right. defense and he played, he got on a hot streak. I could absolutely see Dak Prescott doing that. The problem is the Cowboys aren't giving him those pieces on offense or the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, how's Des
2: Bryant feel right now, you
0: think? <laughs> he's out there tweeting <laughs> right now as we speak. He's going out there getting accused of having a burner account while he's out there. Uh, I think the I think the more pressing issue for the Cowboys isn't Dak Prescott because I'm with you. I think they will pay him. It's kind of like it's kind of like Andy Dalton when he got paid. It's like Ryan Tannehill when he got paid. Like what's better out there? That's the thing. Right. you You got to make sure there's an option out there that's better, and there probably isn't. And that's probably the category that he falls into. I think Jason Garrett is the one who should be more concerned. Yeah. If this team. Has another sub 500 year, uh, Jerry Jones has to make a move and get rid of his guy. Cause this has been his, his, like, do boy. I mean, that's basically what it's been. He's done what, <laughs> seriously, like, he's been whatever Jerry wants, like, he does
2: it. It's like that Nathan Peterman relationship with the dude and <laughs> uh, like, with what, the, what do you guys have
0: going on? It must be, but it's like, at some point, you've got to shake things up. Yeah. And whatever Jason Garrett doing, I like him, like, he was a, you know, long time backup quarterback. He's a pretty good, You know, like manager, but he's like that's what he seems like is middle management, right? Yeah, like like what you need somebody who's a true executive and a leader who's going to take that team to the next level. And I don't know if that's you're the Dallas
2: Cowboys. Everything you do is it's big. everything you do is in search of the the apex of the sport. Like that role of
0: playing yes man to Jerry Jones is almost integral because if you come in there and you don't, you might get fired after a year or two because you. But that's that's where I think Jerry Jones gets in his own way. Right. Like I can't. That's where I think he won't win another Super Bowl until he backs off. Like him going in there and doing press conferences after every game because yes. he loves the spotlight and chats. <laughs> you know, he's out there giving quotes all off season. That's not helping anybody. Right. You know, it's just making things harder. Uh, all right, we got to get back. We got to do our my terrible ten. Yeah. Rajah Bell's bottom five. We're gonna do all those and a little bit more coming up next on Off the Bench. So let's look at my uh terrible ten. Every time I think terrible, I think of Charles Barkley going terrible. Terrible. Like terrible. These are my terrible. terrible ten. I am stuck in this old, philo- like philosophy that if you're the Super Bowl champ, you deserve the number one spot until you get knocked off. Okay, until you get knocked from your throne, you deserve it because clearly Eagles had some issues on opening night, but they still have. They still won the game. They still have that defense. Nick Foles. I think the best part about their week one win against the uh, the Falcons was that they played as bad as Nick Foles is going to play. I don't think they're going to get much worse. Right. And they, and they still found a way to do it. So even though Carson Wentz is out and could be out for an extended period of time, still have faith that they'll be okay without him. Patriots, same deal. Like Super Bowl loser, yeah. same thing. Like they have to show me that they get knocked from that perch. Vikings, you know how I feel about the Vikings. My man Kirk Cousins. There's like a real crush up with to the Vikings. It. For sure there is. The Rams big move for them mm-hmm. I was leery of all the offseason signings big personalities big egos how would it gel looked completely fine the second half night. they yeah.
2: really kicked it in
0: kicked it in absolutely Panthers big move up for me yeah I know Greg Olson is out um but for me this was about North Turner and what he did with Cam Newton and the comfort level with which Cam Newton played the other night I am I am a Cam Newton fan like right. I think he could be one of the most dominant players and he's been he was a former MVP but you know when he's good? When you run him. So he had 13 carries for 58 yards, a touchdown. In the situations when they run Cam Newton, and this is when I would use him too, short yardage, third and fourth down, and red zone, he's almost unstoppable because he gets outside, he can use his legs, he can still throw it. It puts him in really good positions. And I think he's big enough and physical enough to handle some of the hits that he has to take. So I would be doing it too. Right. When he, when he's utilized that way, I think he can be as good as anybody and it makes his team that much better. Yep. Cause um, if you start looking at those conversion rates on third and fourth down, if you're extending drives, it's such a huge help to everybody around, not only offensive side of the ball, but the defense side of the ball too.
2: Yeah. I'm glad, uh, they're using him a bit because he is one of those type of quarterbacks that, I mean, he's not prototypical in what he does, right? So you have to find the right guy to put with him to kind of to kind of utilize his talents. What, what round out the, the, the rest of your your list? In Chiefs
0: way. were a big move for yeah. me. Uh Pat, Patrick Mahomes, who I thought had this, uh, there were two quarterbacks I thought I'd had a ton of pressure on them this season. Kirk Cousins talked about him. The Vikings had a ton of weapons yeah, but you'll, around. You'll give and him gets a paid. pass regardless. No, no, he, yeah, he'll, he'll you'll, pass, you'll pass you'll pass him, him just two because touchdowns, the interceptions, his <laughs> debut, got the win against yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and then you also had uh, Patrick Mahomes right. because he's expected to go out and take this offense to the next level as really basically a rookie. He only had one game that he played in his rookie year. He hasn't played very much. And you had a really good quarterback in Alex Smith who you knew exactly what you were going to get. You were going to get 67% completion rate. Sure. You were going to get two touchdowns, zero interceptions, exactly what he gave the Redskins in week one. Mm-hmm. So, But Patrick Mahomes, haven't watched him a lot in college, The arm is off the charts. Like he can probably throw it eighty yards in the air. He can make every single throw. But he does get a little bit loose with the football. He is a gunslinger. Right. But he comes out, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. That offense is insane. Yeah, it's a nasty. The weapons that he's got, Tyreek Hill is the fastest dude in the NFL. First touch of the season. I'm out. Takes it. Yeah. And it's and it's they're they I liked what Andy Reid did too, because a lot of the throws were underneath. You know, he threw some easy ones to get his confidence up, some crossing routes. Then you can air it out and see the deep talent, the arm talent that he really has. Right. And it's scary. So that's why I had the big move for the Chiefs. Jags I was high on coming into the season, not because of Blake Bortles, not because it's that defense. Yeah. And you saw that defense go against the Giants and defense travels, whatever it's college or NFL, defense can travel on the road. I'm a little bit worried about Leonard Fournette. Mm -hmm. He's got a hamstring issue. If he's not there, I do think there's a big drop-off for them offensively. Right. But I still think they're one of the top-tier teams. The Steelers dropped off for me. Uh Although this team, because of the drama, they always, they always, they seem to find a way to thrive with it. Last year, going back, they had the anthem issue. Seemed like it was tearing apart the locker Functional room. Functional dysfunction. Yeah. Some teams really do yeah, thrive on thrive that. On Mike that Tomlin's a player's coach. Keeps a pretty loose environment. Mm-hmm. And they still win because they have a lot of talent on that team. Uh, so I'm still pretty pretty, you know, comfortable with those teams there. Uh, the Ravens and Packers rounding out the top ten. The Packers I put in just strictly because – and I probably have them too low because the impact of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean – And he, would you – so he's still – Aaron Rodgers is still questionable, um, as Mike McCarthy said. What would you do with him? They play the Vikings this week. If there's – would you rest him? I would. You would. You I, would sit I, him out.
2: I would. I mean, you're I'm playing the long game with Aaron Rodgers now. We're married. Like we got we got Yeah, they just we just, yeah. packed up the truck. The big <laughs> if we weren't before, we are now. And so um in the in the beginning, you know, this is very early in the season and especially against like the Vikings who they'll get after you. Yeah, Like I'm not putting him in a position to really It depends on the injury. Like I don't right. know the nature the tr- I'm nature assuming of the it's an
0: MCL cuz if it was an ACL, you would have had had that already announced by now. With a
2: guy who likes to, with a guy who likes to move around a little bit if it was if it was Tom Brady and I knew he was just gonna start throwing it or or uh Eli Eli Manning who was just gonna dive, like throw it away and just get down real quick, then I'd probably roll him out there maybe, the but things, not Aaron Rodgers. Well
0: so here's what here's the dilemma I think you're in. You got the Vikings, divisional opponent, yeah. who's a really good team, really good defense. Then you've got the Bills, who you could probably win with whoever a quarterback, yeah. <laughs> seriously. And then you've got the Redskins after that, which would be a good game. So do you but that's the dynamic. Like, do you even consider the schedule? Because it's a divisional foe, do you want to try to win this game? Or do you, you're saying play the long? Managing him, like when we, look, like, so. It's gotta I was, be a conversation that you have with Aaron Rodgers and say, yeah. Oh, medical staff. But this is a conversation when,
2: when, like when I was in the front office with the Cavs, this isn't a conversation, uh, so in basketball, this is a conversation that we're gonna have with you, but we're gonna have this conversation out of respect because we've kinda made the decision sure. that if we can give up, like one game and just roll the dice on what happens in in uh, with many, right? And then we can get through the Bills game and we we can win without you. We bank you three weeks of rest because you're coming right. off of a week of rest. Three weeks of rest versus the risks that we lose you for further time if something happens in the Minnesota game. It's worth it for us as a as a as a franchise. Right? But we're we're gonna. But I need you to understand why we're doing this. Right? It's we want to bank these multiple weeks of rest these successive weeks of rest and that's what we're doing we want you to know it because you earn the respect of us having this conversation but we've kind of made this decision for you
0: mcl uh issues grade one grade two grade three you know how serious are they i think it all depends on how yeah for sure it is, and that's what they have to determine and hopefully we'll find out sooner rather than later as the packers are trying to decide uh what to do in that situation let me give you let's take a look at your bell bottoms all right the bell, the bell <laughs> I like that all right um
2: well, I'm going to start with the Bills. Like, I just think there are the, an know, if there is mess. any
0: Like, there is the bottom five, and then they're just in a whole other category. They're,
2: dude, like, whenever you've got re rolling Nathan Peterman, I, I know everyone's going to think I hate Nathan Peterman. I don't, but, like, I, just, they're just a mess. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Uh, just Dak has not progressed. We talked about it before. Like, the jury's still out. Uh, the banged up O line that used to be the strength of what they do, and they've got no weapons like as a receiving core. So they're in there. The Cardinals, another team that I just handed over to Josh Rosen at this point. No, Sam Bradford's a, a good quarterback when healthy. And it's Larry Fitzgerald's last year, but I, I look—you got one doing it in New, New York right now. I really think Josh Rosen's a player. Hand it over to him. The Titans I have in uh, because they lost to the Dolphins, and I thought the Dolphins were going to be really bad. Yeah, it was an ugly game. But Marcus Mariota going out with that elbow and losing Delaney Walker, like, I don't know what that's gonna look like. Um, and then the Lions have to be in there with Matt
0: Patricia. <laughs> right. You know, After that loss to like the Jets, at you probably home would have been in your bell bottoms. With a rookie they, <laughs> quarterback. Right. Like, you, that's on. inexcusable for them. The Bills, I almost think they're tanking. I look at, I look at them. They get rid of Tyrod Taylor. They have that performance. They basically quit on the field. You don't mm-hmm. see that happen a lot. Like, usually teams will fight till the fourth. The game was over from the second quarter. Nathan Peterman, I feel bad for him because he is kind of the punching bag of the entire. Everybody's an NFL fan, like it's just he's the butt of every single joke, and it's not a fun place to be. And now they're going to be forced into playing Josh Allen, who was not ready. What's the cat? What's the coach's name? Because I hate Sean John. McDermott. Sean McDermott. Okay, here's what happened. Like Sean McDermott,
2: I said last year. Like Nathan Peterman's probably solid, right? Right, and probably a solid dude. I don't even know him, right? But when you did what you did last year, and you put him in. For Terod Taylor, who's got you in a playoff race, you've now like you've put him in the in the crosshairs. Do you know what I mean? Like you've put everything that Nathan Peterman goes out there and does going forward under a microscope. And to your point, at that if it doesn't work, if it doesn't work you're not you've now lost your team. Right. You've lost your team. And so I if I'm in that front office and I'm ownership, I mean, I'm having very real discussions last summer about look, this was a failed this was a failed experiment by all accounts, okay? This guy wasn't ready. I have to watch how you walk around the building and how people are responding to you. Not not what you're doing on the field, but I'm watching like When I was with David Griffin and the Cavs, right, my job wasn't so much to, like, break down salary cap structure or or tell you how we could, like, creatively work. You know, that wasn't my job. My job was to sit in practices, hang out on the plane, just be around the team and give a general feel to him and ownership of how everyone was kind of getting along. What's the relationship look like? Are they responding to David Black? And so I would have been doing that with Sean McDermott. After that failed experiment last year, I would want to know if the team was going to come out and there was any inclination that they would quit on him in the first game of the regular season, which you just said they possibly did.
0: Right. It's, so Brandon being their GM comes in, shakes things up. I wonder how much pressure came from him. Like, hey, I don't love this Tyrod Taylor situation. I'm going to start looking forward. They knew they were going to draft Josh Allen, but you, like that's the problem when you trade away a quarterback who gets you the playoffs. You're sending a very clear message to your team. And here's what's even scarier if you're a Bills fan. If you roll out Josh Allen, which looks like they're probably gonna do. Now McDermott's like been very coy about it, saying, Hey, well, we have to think long term about what it could mean for our quarterback, because he's right. He should be concerned. Because if you roll out Josh Allen, I want to hear anything else
2: from Josh McDermott.
0: (laughs) Sean McDermott. Sean Josh Josh Allen, Josh Peterman, Peterman McDermott. It is one back. Because they basically were trying out a fifth rounder. That's yeah. what Nathan Peterman is. a fifth-round pick uh, a couple years ago. They That was going to be their succession plan? Like, that was what you would think was going to be a better option? Then they make the move for Adrian McCarron. They realize, uh-oh, that's not the plan. So they clear everybody out. Now you're forced to play Josh Allen, and it could potentially derail his entire career. And I'm, I don't think I'm overreacting to saying that. If you get him out there and he's shell-shocked and he gets hit, he is the greenest quarterback of all this class if you put him in a bad spot, you could really hurt his development and he could be the biggest bust in this class.
2: This is why I have no problem with guys when they come out of college saying they don't want to go certain places because it really can like either catapult your career or it could, it could stick, like get you stuck in this, in the mud. If you go to a place that has dysfunction, like in the front office or with the coaching staff or, or just generally speaking, if it's a dysfunctional organiz- organization, and I don't know what Josh so- Peterman and Nathan Nate, whatever whatever. I don't know their names. <laughs> so, I don't know them, but it seems dysfunctional, and I don't love it for Josh Allen.
0: So I had a situation, very totally different scenario. I was playing baseball at Florida State. Yeah. We had a, a tournament, a spring tournament, like spring break tournament. We played against Purdue. Purdue mm-hmm. comes down for the Big Ten. They weren't very good. We got in a position where I was a pitcher, and I came into the game, and we were already down like six runs. And then all of a sudden I come in, we give up four more runs. So we're down ten runs. So Mike Martin, the baseball coach, doesn't want to burn another arm. Right. So he's kind of leaving me out there to drive. which I, you know, I was like, whatever. I was only a freshman at the time. So right. I'm like, I'll do it. After the game, he came and like apologized to me. He's like, Hey, it felt really bad. I was like, you know, we had to leave you out there. This is where I wonder if the Bills and Sean McDermott say, well, we're going to have to leave Nathan Peterman out there because we don't want totally. to hurt our future. Think about this. If you threw Josh Allen to the Wolves, this is what you're throwing him to the Chargers then they go on the road to the vikings then they go on the road to the packers like the next 3 weeks that's one where you almost like that's one where i wonder if nathan peterman becomes a sacrificial lamb and you say all right well who cares if this guy becomes a laughing stock in the nfl no, we don't want to screw up our rookie
2: it happens all the time and real quick before we go to break like i when 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 it was time for gordon hayward to start to begin to start in um in utah and it was time for me to come off the bench yep. like they played gordon like it they were investing in their future but there would be times where – where what's his name? Uh, I'm not going to mention him on the pod again. But he would come to me. now, Tyrone Corbin. I got no beef with Ty now. It's just a joke. But he would come to me and say, hey, look – Kobe, it's Kobe tonight. Like it's not really fair to Gordon to to have him go out there. He's never seen Kobe before, like whoopy whoopty woo. So you're gonna start you tonight. They were protecting Gordon. Like that's that's your job if you are a coach and you've invested something in this young player. Like you you have to protect them from stuff like that.
0: Did you just say a whoopty whoopie woo? <laughs> I like that. I going to have to start using that. Uh I'm gonna did you know I was a part time weatherman?
2: Uh I you wear a lot of hats, right, so I'm yeah, not surprised. So I'm
0: gonna give you a little weather <laughs> forecast for the weekend. We're gonna do that uh coming up next off the bench. Welcome back to Off the Bench. So I got ratioed yesterday. I yeah. Before the show, I explained to you what ratioed is. It's basically modern day bullying or the scene from Full Metal Jacket. Remember when the guy was in his bed and they had the thing with the, they the put s- the soap, soap in and yep. everybody, like everybody just comes by and they're like, I want to get a hit in. I want to get a hit in. Yeah. That was mine. And I, think, I don't feel like you got that.
2: <laughs> I For did. That. It felt like, you're not, it felt like got,
0: you're not the one that got ratioed <laughs> on that one. It might have been a questionable take. It most likely was horribly Misperceived by people mm-hmm. that just read a tweet that 's problem with Twitter, you say mm-hmm. something, and people you know think it 's the worst there's thing a ever. problem
2: with Twitter oh, what?
0: yeah what oh, that's God. what you 're the smartest God. one that does not do it, God. so Hurricane Florence is having an impact on uh, a lot of football that 's coming across a yeah. lot of teams are canceling games this weekend, which my tweet was, I hate seeing these games gets canceled. I wish they could wait twenty four hours to make that call. It seemed really early to do it. People did not love that one, obviously, obviously safety is more important than football, that's like you right. would ever think that. But as we've seen before, having grown up in South Florida, you've seen hurricanes dissipate and weaken, uh, over the, you know, as they get closer to land. That may or may not happen. Right. So, but I, that's all I was suggesting. Or not only canceling the games, but how about rescheduling them? And so, as opposed to just coming out early with, hey, they're canceled. I wish teams would look more into logistically how they could possibly make those games up instead of just writing them off. UCF, one of those games that's canceled, um, against North Carolina last year, UCF, had a game canceled against Georgia Tech. It was a Power 5 opponent and an opportunity for them to build their resume. They're never going to make the playoff, but I thought it hurt their opportunity. Overall. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they could have touted themselves as, hey, that was an ACC program. They probably would have beaten North Carolina. Now they don't have that opportunity. Like, that's that's all I was saying. Like, that's all my point was, was I wish teams wouldn't cancel them so early they would take a little bit more time to look at other options.
2: Yeah, I think um – um like, any rational person would have taken that away from what you were saying. Like, no one could logically no one's think rational. you wanted people to be out there playing football in
0: the middle, in the <laughs> right. eye of a hurricane. No, you would have thought um, that I put, like, that, that I suggested they have daycare at the football stadiums right. during a Category 5 stadium. Right. Like, it was, like, really ridiculously over
2: the top. But, but um, you know, with those hurricanes, what happens? like, there's been, this one's supposed to have catastrophic rain with it, but, and so... Like the prep time, I think is what, and I I, like I agree with you because sometimes that hurricane will be coming at you, and if it bobbles one second, like I was in Andrew, and it was supposed to hit like the Fort Lauderdale area, right, and it bobbled to the last minute and went south, and it like devastated where I lived, like roofs gone, like it was just completely catastrophic. So now, like to your point, like you wish you could wait a second just to see if it bobbled off track, and then you don't have to lose the game, but with the amount of prep. That goes into, like, making sure that your area is safe, getting these kids out of town and stuff like that. Like, I understand why they did it. I will go back and say again that I, I believe that you had to be, um, pretty clueless to think that you were suggesting, right, like, that right. people
0: play that football. Football's more right. important like, that's than ridiculous. safety. It right. is ridiculous. Uh, actually, I like when teams are innovative and they start to look at other options. Ohio versus Virginia was moved to Vanderbilt Stadium. It's the only game that was actually moved. I love the fact that they looked at another option. Right. of uh, uh, playing somewhere else. One of the big th- reasons why some teams want to try to force the issue and play the game no matter what is for money mm-hmm. because they still want their payday and you lose a lot of money. That obviously shouldn't be a priority. Uh, some teams that don't have the issue with money. So Forbes came out, they do it every single year, with their list of most valuable college football programs as far as profit and revenue. Okay. A lot of teams rake in a ton of money. I have a beef with the list because I think it's a little bit deceiving. So you dig into some of these numbers. So most valuable college football program, number one, Texas A&M. I just was in College Station this past weekend. There is the facilities there are insane. Right. Like they have money. They've just pumped in 450 million into the program. uh All facilities, not only football, but everywhere. Texas, no surprise. Texas has a ton of oil money. Well, it's right?
2: revenue. It's revenue quantified by like don't like like. uh
0: Well, that's why I think it's deceiving. So revenues and then profits are what you really want to look at. Right. What money are they actually making? You know what's considered in there? It's not just from ticket sales and TV rights and jersey sales and all this. It is donor money. Right. So that's why Texas A&M, Texas A&M, who has a huge base of alumni... That they pull in from that are loaded from the oil industry. Right. So that, that accounts for a lot of that money.
2: They should do another one where it's purely based now, on. I like, would
0: love to see that one. Cause yeah, that's. Cause FIU
2: would I, probably make that. Sure,
0: but, <laughs> no, but I mean, I think that's a truer test of, like, it's just a truer 100% litmus percent test is, of, It 100% is for all, cause this, this list will be used when people say, hey, the players should be paid. Look at all this money that's just rolling into the program. I'm curious to know. If all of a sudden you have to pay the players, do those donors say, well, hold on a second. I'm not going to give my money to pay the players. I wanted it to go to university because I definitely think some people would have that. Other people might say, I want my team to be better, so I'm going to give more money. Yeah, I would can pay the players. Yeah. So there's that dynamic, too. I get that but i think those lists are a little bit deceiving when you think of that a lot of it's from donor money
2: yeah i don't i don't care who gets the most amount of money from their donors i would be interested again to see like if it was purely based on like tv revenue jersey sales like box office yeah. all of that like who who the most valuable franchise was but like i think most people could guess that where there's oil money and 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 the riches think- of that, they would be giving the most back to their their school. That only makes sense, right?
0: I don't know if the list would change that much, but the end number, the profit numbers, would. You change.
2: think that Texas A and M, like if it was purely based on. I mean, they I don't had when Johnny is.
0: Manziel. This is the thing where Johnny Manziel did have an incredible impact. They yeah. did a fundraiser and they raised 450 million. Like it was nothing. Like that, huh? Yeah. I mean, I was literally I was talking to some of their boosters about it. I guess and they not... said if they have a buyout for Kevin Sumlin, it's like one guy. I'll say, yeah, I'll cut the check for 15 mil. You know, whatever the buyout is, they'll they'll step up. Like when you, when Jimbo Fisher was just given a 75 million dollar contract, they're like, sure. They make two phone calls and it's done. These are like all big major
2: state schools, except for Notre Dame and Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, I I think the like. 1 through 10 would be reshuffled, I would, I would think, to some degree, right? Yeah. If it wasn't considered. A little bit. Like, right. Yeah,
0: but not too much. Alright, we gotta get over to very important, socially relevant, because Hannah is going to give us some expert, uh, insight on some of this. Okay. I can't wait to get to it.
1: Uh oh! Expert insight.
0: <laughs> yeah, you'll know what I'm talking about. We'll get okay. to. Okay. Oh gosh.
1: Of. All right. First things first. Gilbert Arenas has been out of the league for four years now, but he proved that he can still get after it. So in a video posted on Tuesday, Agent Zero was showing off his skills. He drilled 95 out of 100 triples. After Nick Young talked trash and challenged him to a shootout, so the ex- wizard guard even brought $100,000 with him in cash to this three point shootout. He said, listen to this, quote, there's a reason they call me Agent Zero, Nick. 95 out of 100, boy. I almost beat my old record, 96 out of 100. In the end, Young did not show up to participate in his side of this bet, which is probably for the best because he would have been out $100,000, don't you think?
2: Mm. I got the bag. I got, the, you got bag. the bag. Yeah. All right. That backpack is cool.
0: <laughs> the four-page <4K laughs> backpack, not cool. That backpack, is, that is 100K cool. That hundred
2: K fall out of it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, swaggy, you can't talk and then not show up, bro. Well, that's that's a bad look. Are you worried at all that you didn't show up with Gilbert Arenas? Yeah, nah. Hibachi, yeah. Look, <laughs> hibachi's just crazy enough. That's what I'm saying. To come off the couch after watching Netflix and drop ninety-five out of hundred. My son beat me the other day shooting threes. He did. Look, he made sixteen out of twenty. And I made thirteen out of twenty. Was
0: that because I've seen Steph do it before? The 100 shots. Was that something you did? Like did you track yeah. your 100 shots? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: What was yeah. the best you ever did? I I don't think I made 95. Like I'm in the 80s. Right. Yeah, I made like right, you eight, get you yeah. get rolling, you yeah, get yeah, that, 85, you get 86, that 87,
0: something like that. 95 yeah. is pretty pure. That's on un- That's yeah. crazy to me.
1: Danny, what about you?
0: <laughs> uh, what? 50? <laughs> <laughs> free throws though. No, free throws. No, I can get 75 free throws. Yeah. 75%. Yeah, I buy you get seventy five. There we go. All
1: right, guys. Well, why the Steelers wait around for Le'Veon, He proves that he can still Have a good time enjoying his downtime. He was seen at the club Rockwell in South Beach, Miami, and and he was getting after it, let me tell you. He was seen taking pictures behind the DJ booth and also with some people, just club goers. Uh, Apparently, he was at the club until the wee hours of Tuesday morning, which I I think there's no shame in that. I wish we had some photos to, to show of him at the club. Hopefully, we can find them soon. But guys, sources say that he was in, quote, great shape at the club. So at least there's that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, it's Monday night, right? It was when he was there at Slippery yeah. the night NFL guys go. I'm sure there were some Miami Dolphins there. He's not on the team. Like, what difference mm-hmm. does it make? But Hannah, this is where we need your expertise. Rajai are way past our South Beach partying <laughs> days. What is Rockwell? Like, what is it like? What kind of scene are we looking at?
1: Uh, you definitely don't go there early. Like, that's like, that's one you go to after. <laughs> Uh, it's towards the end of the night
0: now what's what's low, what's low, or like Is right. midnight considered consider early still or is this like a 2 3 a.m. club no, no, that this you is show like up two. at 2 yeah like two, really? three. yeah so you're rolling sunset or sunrise you're just going until um, the sun comes up no, no
1: no because then after that you go to 11
0: <laughs> oh, that's the one oh you roll until sunrise. So you're, that's you popping that's where
2: they were trying to get us to go the other night on my wife's birthday 11 <laughs> was yeah that's where like that old uh like gold rush used to be that's 11 right down across from space yeah. 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 They were there till like so 6 a.m. Where do we go early in the evening now? Before we go. No, not next. Before we go. Where do we go early in the evening? Uh,
1: basement? basement.
2: That's my okay. spot. Okay. All
1: right. Yeah. Go. All right. Moving on Good because we're all going to get fired. So speaking of taking some time off, it seems like Draymond Green and the newest warrior, Demarcus Cousins, are doing exactly that, except this time with just a little bit of manual labor. Cousins posted a video on Instagram on Tuesday showing Draymond helping Boogie out with a little pool cleaning. Take a look at this.
2: Shout out to my pool guy. Came here to come <laughs> clean the pool. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Dre, what up, bro? What's up, dude? What? You, what you, oh, that's Straight. A little brush. You got a little pool brush. <laughs> come on, man. Let's show them what you good at. Daddy, I don't care what they say about you, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Where's the pole? You a real one, bro. I appreciate this, man. For real. <laughs>
0: So what is going on
2: right there? Did he lose a bet, or do you think he's being like a good neighbor? I think he probably lost a bet. I don't know. <laughs>
0: That's, <laughs> right? team That's team
1: bonding.
2: I guess. Bonding. So the, I, I asked the question before the show. Draymond has been the bully of the Golden State Warriors for a while sure. now. Sure. Uh, there's a new Debo in town. There's a new bully in town. His name's Boogie. Boogie. Yeah. Um, that's going to be interesting to watch unfold for me.
0: Right? Because yeah. Draymond was the one that's texting KD late at night saying, hey, you yeah. got to get your stuff. Draymond up, was big bro.
2: Yeah. Now, now there's big bro bigger, just came home. Bigger yeah. bro. <laughs> like big bro was locked up for a while. Now he just came home. Now,
0: yep. now you're yeah. – I still think they're going to be all right. I, you know, they'll be fine. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'll be fine. But it will be a different dynamic. Yeah.
1: Moving on to another duo now, LeBron James and Ben Simmons already have the same agent, and now they're going to have the same TV series. So according to reports, NBC has scripted a comedy called Brotherly Love, which was inspired by the life of none other than Ben Simmons. The show is apparently about a guy and his multi-ethnic family pursuing their dreams together in the spotlight in Philly, where sports are their blood. And so far, it doesn't seem like Simmons will actually appear on the show. He's just going to be one of the producers, along with LeBron, will be one of the executive producers so Danny Raja I knew these kind of opportunities were coming for LeBron but I did not see this coming for Ben Simmons
2: it,
0: is that Ben Simmons family that's I, a good I it might be the cast
1: I think
2: the that's the cast oh that's the cast I was, yeah. yeah he'd really one that's of them is his brother okay cool awesome. I mean that's a good it's a great
0: story yeah I love it and I love the fact that LeBron is actually with his endeavors including some of the younger guys Absolutely. that will help them explore other opportunities mm-hmm. to do after they're done in the NBA
1: that's it. That's all you guys have to say about that.
0: Yeah. He's great. We, and we were told to be short, so. Oh,
1: okay. Sorry. Okay. All right. Last one, guys. Kobe Bryant's basketball training campaign continues. And this time it's in the WNBA. Kobe was seen hitting the gym with LA Sparks superstar Candace Parker. He was also out there seen with fellow WNBA stars Carly Samuelson, Monique Billings, and Gabby uh. Williams. So guys, is this the new era of Coach Mamba?
2: Yeah. I think, I think it's cool that, that some of these, uh, some of these women are, are, are going to Kobe for advice. Um, because Kobe, more than anybody, played the game offensively very cerebrally. It wasn't just a – it wasn't just a um – I'm an out- a pure out athlete, you. Yeah. Um, and typically, when I watch women play, there's more of a skill level. Sometimes I think, especially you know, in the high school age and, and college age, than guys. Guys sometimes try to rely on just I can jump over the rim and stuff like that. Girls seem to be more fundamentally sound. So if there's anybody that can give you you know that mental side of the game, like Kobe's one of the best to ever do it from a mental
0: standpoint. Yeah, for sure. It's awesome seeing him. Uh, you're talking about LeBron getting into other stuff. Kobe is too with his yeah. business endeavors, and he goes to speak to Alabama's football team. He goes around works with some NBA. Uh, WNBA players is great. Good yep. to see him uh, getting out there.
1: That's all for Socially Relevant. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canal and If you have any club suggestions, please let Raja and Danny know. Coming up after the break, they break down today's leftovers. All this and more coming up next. You're watching Off the Bench.
0: All right, let's finish off some leftovers. So the Oakland Raiders cut Martavis Bryant at the uh, end of roster cuts, like the last ones you uh for the Raiders to make mm-hmm. the squad. Everybody's like, oh, John Gruden made a mistake. Here he is. What's this guy going to do? They actually re-signed him. I'm going to tell you why they re-signed him. It's strictly a salary cap move because he's a veteran receiver. If he would have been on the opening day, the first week roster, yeah. he would have been guaranteed the entire 17 game, 17 paychecks he would have been owed. The fact that they cut him – and re-sign him in week two, now they don't have to pay him the entire year. They can do it incrementally either quarter of the season, half the season, however long he's on the team, which I think Martavis Bryant, who Gruden kind of expressed he was frustrated with uh, Bryant saying he didn't have the greatest practice habits. He was kind of lazy. said, I wish we could get his uh, every day we get that type of effort. Yeah. Now they can hold that over his head. Hey, if you don't get that effort, we're going to cut you. Yeah. So I think it's probably a, a pretty good move for them to do that. Some flexibility and yeah. some incentive for the player. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Pat Fitzgerald, my guy, yeah. Northwestern's head football coach, had an interesting. Interesting take on RPOs, run pass options in college football, which everybody is running. He equated them to the purest form of communism, yeah. which I think is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He's a defensive minded coach. They are unfair. Right. Like I don't know how it correlates to communism. I'm not exactly yeah. sure where the correlation comes in from, but he is right. It's almost impossible to cover because offensive linemen, his his point that he was making is offensive linemen, it used to be Illegal man downfield. You would call it if you saw an offensive lineman one or two yards downfield. Now it's their scheme, and they're all firing off the line like it's a run. The quarterback changes it, reads the defense, says, "Oh, it's a pass. I'm going to throw it." Gets it out of his hands so fast. By the time the officials look around, like what happened? It's too late. It's too late. So right. they get away with these illegal man downfield all the time. That's why Pat Fitzgerald's ticked off about it.
2: Oh, Pat. It is what it is, Holmes. Yeah, like figure it out. It is. <laughs> is. Um, I still
0: am trying to figure out the communism correlation. I just I don't know where it comes in. I
2: stopped trying. I read it like five times, and I was like, maybe I'm not bright enough to figure out what he. Means.
0: The University of Hawaii has a game against Army this weekend. So unfair! They're kicking off at what would be for them local six a.m. Why? I well, I guess they want to come. You know, Army's the home team, so you got to play them. It's on your schedule, but you would think you would try no, to. But do Why like does it have to be at noon? Right, TV probably. That's probably on CBS. One of the hardest things to do was <laughs> from, guys from like Phoenix, there.
2: just Phoenix alone, to right. And play a noon game for like MLK weekend or something like that at, at noon. It was like nine a.m. for us, so if I couldn't. You're Nick
0: Rolovich, do you have practice all week? At yeah, to Try to get their bodies adjusted. To, yep. I might fly out and spend a week in. <laughs> yeah, upstate New York. Yeah, if you were broadcasting that game, you would fly out. There. <laughs> for sure.